Amen. We don't want to forfeit our opportunity. And sometimes in my life, you know, I forfeited and it didn't show up. But, you know, today I purposed in my heart to live for the Lord. So we're going to walk through some scriptures today because we're talking about, uh, you know, I've been talking about the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. And, you know, today we just want to talk a little bit about bearing fruit, you know, good or bad fruit, you know, just bearing fruit today. And a lot of times, like I tell you, um, having the Holy Spirit in your life is, it's like, you know, can you speak in tongues? How's your praise dance look? You know, can you, can you get your dance on? What evidence? And a lot of times the evidence, and we all know, is speaking in tongues or Holy Ghost dancing and running around. But in the scriptures, it talks about uh, the fruit of the Spirit and, uh, and what should be happening in our lives. And, and that's like this morning, we all, when we examine ourselves, we find ourselves lacking. It's impossible to have the Holy Spirit in your life. Are you so concerned about what's going on in somebody else's life? Because the Holy Spirit's job is to convince the whole world, to convince each and every one of us, or to show us where we're at, to give us that gauge and that barometer. Uh, like he came to the churches in Revelation and he talked with each of them. He said, I love some of the things you're doing. I love the commitment that you've made to, to showing up every week because how can you hear without a preacher? And I love the way you study. I love your gospel music. I love how you worship me and all that, but I still got some things against you. And if there's nothing going against you, there's a problem. Because like I tell you all the time, we are sinners. And just because you're a preacher or a teacher or a Sunday school teacher, just because you claim don't mean nothing. You know, dogs bark, you know, and um, we sin. And we're going to continue to sin. I'm sorry to tell you that we are. All right. But I'm so grateful today that somebody died for you and I. All right. So don't get hung up on sin. You know, the as we walk through this thing like the children of Israel walked through the wilderness he was preparing us to cross over to cross over to that promised land cross over into that place where he could use us that's what it's about you know how could he use us to save somebody else's life because we're a sinner just like that individual that we're telling them about Jesus and um, and how does that work man so we want to bear some fruit in our lives each and every one of us alright and I've been walking with him for a long time and Sometimes it's not until 40 years later you start really seeing some fruit. That's sad, isn't it? <laughs> 40 of the young people are like, 40 years? Well, it was like 40 years is a generation. It's a generation. You start seeing things from a different point of view. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong where you're at. And there's nothing wrong where I'm at. But just because 40 years went by doesn't mean I don't have sin. All right? I'm sorry to tell you that. But I might as well tell you the truth. All right? The truth ain't always pretty. <laughs> But the truth will what? Set you free. And we gotta be free from depression and, and condemnation and all those things because that's just who we are. He without sin, like Jesus said, cast the first stone. Those people were going to church more than us. But when that Holy Spirit hit their heart, um, man, they all had to put their little stones down. <laughs> and we all should put our stones down like Sister Sheila was saying and stop running our mouth on people. Because as soon as I want to open my mouth about you, the Holy Spirit should be reminding me of what he just forgave me of. That's what it should be like. I should be like, man, I want to say something, but man, just because nobody was there doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit wasn't there. Some people's sins are public and some are private. Let's just leave each other alone. We all in the same thing together. You know, I'm like, man, we in this thing together. We on the same team together. All right. Team called Sinners. 
saved by grace. That's it. It's his grace. All right. So, you know, last week we talked about John uh, 15 and 26 was a foundational scripture for us. It says, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto, uh, unto you from the father, the spirit of truth, which proceeds from the father, he shall testify of me. So when the Holy Spirit comes in each and every one of our lives, he begins to talk to us about Jesus. All right. Not each other. He starts to talk to us about Jesus. He starts to open up our mind and open up our understanding of who Jesus is, because the scripture says, looking unto Jesus, what the author. Finisher. Who's the author of the book and who's going to be the one that finishes it? All right. And that's who we begin to look all eyes on him. We're not looking at each other. All eyes are on him. All right. He's the one that's taken me someplace. He says, I got a land for you, Mark. I got something for you. I got some each and every one of us individually. He has something for us. We were created for purpose. All right. We were created for purpose. One of the things I like in John 15, he talks about in verse one, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the husband man. And right over here, he's, I know Paul talks about in Galatians, he talks about fruit, but Jesus starts to talk about fruit in here. He said, every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every uh, branch that bears fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. So every time I need to grow in my life, sometimes I have my biggest mistakes. David had a great mistake in his life to where, you know, God winked at his sin. But then it got to a place where David should have been off at war, but he wasn't. And because of his sin and because of his mistake, a man lost his life. That's tough right there. But what happened after David's life? You know, God had to purge him of that. And sometimes our greatest defeats come because God needs to purge us from that. Our greatest mistakes, your greatest mistakes that are going to happen in your life, the Father needs to purge you from that. So now in front of the church and in front of the community, we make great mistakes. Some mistakes that everybody else makes. And us as believers, as the same football team, the same band member, the same community, whatever it is, we need to rally around our brother and sister. Because we have sin in our life. And we know what it is when we don't bear fruit. And we come alongside of our brother and sister and say, come on, man, let's get back in the huddle. And they are upset with themselves. And they're like, I know, but it's okay, baby. Two hands on the ball, two hands on the ball. Coach, tell us what? Coach, tell us two hands on the ball. And they begin to get encouraged. And when they start to run the rock again and they... They break it for that long gain and they didn't fumble. You know, we're the first to run over to them and say, that's it, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. You know, they get encouraged. They're like, okay, baby. You know, the crowd may have been booing them, but on the field, we ain't booing our, our, our teammate. Because all of us know at any moment, the purging can come. Yeah. All right. When we begin to look like last week, we look at um, first Peter. We look at uh, first Peter chapter two. In verse 11, and I was talking to my sister about it because sometimes when you're, when you're teaching and things like that, and I know the Sunday school teachers that do a wonderful job for us every week, they're learning while they're teaching. Amen. And things are sticking out to the teacher. And what stuck out to me, 
And I told my sister, the war that each and every one of us fight on a daily basis. And he started talking about it in 1 Peter chapter 2. In verse 11, it says, dearly beloved. He's talking to his brothers and sisters. I love y'all. I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against your soul. Man became a living soul. But the things that, you know, each and every one of us is what led away by our own lusts. And when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin will not stop until it brings forth death. That's sin's job. Sin is doing its job. Don't get mad at gravity. Because it's always going to bring you right back down to earth. So don't get so high minded, you know, and believe you can fly. <laughs> I know Michael Jordan landed. And sometimes we land where we don't want to land. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is very, very vital to the believer. We look at it in Exodus chapter 19 when the mountain is on fire. That is the Feast of Weeks or the Gentiles called Pentecost. And at that time, there was no speaking in tongues. There was no Holy Ghost dancing, nobody running around. There was none of that stuff. And the Holy Spirit's job is to come into your life and in my life and to begin to convince the world of sin. It says that in John chapter 16 and verse 8, it says, when he has come and when he came on that mountain, he will reprove, reprimand, or convince the world, all of mankind, or those of us that are sitting here in his presence of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. That's what he, all of a sudden we are, we understand what sin is. Sin becomes very conscious to us. And Paul talks about that in the book of Romans, how when we weren't believers, Sin had no dominion in our life because we didn't care what we didn't. What, what, what was that? We weren't living based on the word. We were living the way we wanted to live. They call it morals. We had good morals. As long as I didn't get caught. Oh, well, I didn't get caught. You know, if it belonged to you, but it ended up in my pocket, I came up. You know how it is. Down with OPP. Some people don't know what that is. <laughs> As long as you ain't get caught, you came up. That's the way we lived. And then all of a sudden, we meet the Most High God. And we end up accepting him as our Lord and Savior. And he applies the blood to us. And when he fills us with his spirit, just like on Exodus chapter 19 and 20, all of a sudden, he begins to write his laws upon our hearts and upon our mind. And he becomes a God to us and we become to him sons and daughters. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to make sure that you and I produce fruit. Jesus, you know, I talked a little bit before the Holy Spirit about who is he. And we look at John chapter 1, verse 33, I think, but hopefully I'm right. John starts to talk about Jesus. A lot of people don't know who Jesus is. But he said, it's expedient that I go away. He said, because when I go away, he says, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. He says, I am going to send the Holy Spirit back to you. I don't know how much authority he has to be sending the Holy Spirit. 
But I know in the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. And he sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. And as he began to speak, the Holy Spirit began to move and do exactly what he was told to do. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Jesus said, you know what? When me and my father speak, the Holy Spirit's job is to take what we have spoken and begin to work things out of your life, Mark. So important for him to work things out in our life. So when we look at what John's testimony is here today, John says in verse 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming unto him and says, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. It says here in verse 33, it says, and I knew him not, but he... There should be a capital H there, but he that sent me to baptize with water. The same said unto me, upon whom you shall see the spirit descending and remaining on him. The same is he should be a capital H. He'll have some respect on his name with baptizers with the Holy Ghost. The same thing that happened in the Feast of Weeks back here. He, wanted, he came down to baptize his church. So the spirit of the Lord came down just like in the book of Acts chapter 2. And you see the fire that appears on their heads, but they're not on fire. John said that's what happened. And we look at John chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Make sure I'm right. I'll just be writing stuff down. I'm sorry, John chapter 4. Make sure I'm. Yeah. 22. This is very significant in a believer's life. Because today, people will tell you that you have to become whatever or whatever. Maybe Baptist or Pentecostal. Or but the Father isn't about that. In the book of John, chapter 4, even at verse 21, it's the woman at the well. Remember her? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I preach about this a lot. It says, the woman, believe me, the hour comes and the hour has already passed. It's already here. When you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. It's not what it's going to be about. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Hebrews or the Jews. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That's what Jesus is doing. He's sending the Holy Spirit. Because you and I cannot commune with our Heavenly Father, who Jesus said is a spirit without his spirit. It ain't going to work. We look over at John and in verse 26 when it talks about the Holy Spirit's job is to testify of who he is. So the Holy Spirit, when you receive the Holy Spirit, he opens up your mind so you can see who Jesus is, that you can hear his voice. Remember last week we started talking about, he says, my sheep hear my voice. And a lot of times people say, I feel in my heart like the Lord is telling me to do X, Y, and Z. And even though you can't hear it, you question your friend, you question your lover, like, boy, you must be on that dope. I ain't on that dope. This is what the Father is telling me to do. I, I can hear him. And others can't hear him. It says here, um, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship him. The Father desires for each and every believer to have that Feast of Weeks experience where the Holy Spirit comes into their heart. Yeah. Verse 24, God 
is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. That we talked about last week. His word is truth. The Holy Spirit came and he began to write those commandments. And in Exodus chapter 21, he just takes off and he begins to tell them about his commandments, his precepts and his statutes. So you and I, we begin to read the book of Moses like Paul wrote. If it wasn't for what Moses wrote, I wouldn't even know what sin is. But when the Holy Spirit came into my life and I began to read the book of Moses because something that the Holy Spirit was telling me in my life, Mark, you're headed in the wrong direction. And I began to read the book of Moses and something started to change in my life to where I became very, very conscious of what is righteousness and what is not righteousness. And you and I, we long to do what is righteous and what is right by our God. And we should long to want to do what's right by one another. Paul wrote over there, or Peter wrote over there, like I was talking to you, how there's a war going on inside you and I. There's a war going on. And our flesh wants to rule, and the Holy Spirit wants to rule. Genesis chapter 6, he said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. There's something striving now inside of you and I, because when we used to smoke and drink and, you know, Love donuts and all those different things. When you try to stop, you realize there's a war going on because now your flesh is used to having its way. Like it's Burger King or something. Have it your way. And the Holy Spirit now has put inside your heart or convinced you of what sin is. And now you and I have to figure out what we're going to do. How are we going to end this war? How are we going to end this fight? The spirit of God's job is to end it. The spirit of God's job says, you know what? You have to eat this unleavened bread on a daily basis. Every single day, you got to eat this manna. You got to eat it. Because we can either feed our flesh or we can feed the spirit. And when you look at the scripture... The spirit of truth will lead you to the truth. And if you continue to eat truth, then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you and I free. In every area of your life, if you're struggling, I don't care if it's at school, on the job, in relationships, we study this scripture. It's talking to a friend of mine. You know, a lot of times in relationships... Women emphasize the importance that they need to be understood. And sometimes you can't talk to nobody about that. But if a woman is a believer, and I'll listen to them for as long as I can. And I'll tell them woman was made for man. And some women that are filled with the spirit, they just stop talking. Because that car out there was made for me. Not me for the car. I don't go out there and next thing you know, I start, car, what do you think today? <laughs> the car is like, I was made for you. Sometimes if his word is a lamp unto our feet and the Lord said, I brought you into this man's life for him. I didn't bring the man into your life for you. I brought you into this man's life for him because it's not good for him. It didn't say about you. It said it's not good for him to be alone. But sometimes women can't get that because there's too much other stuff going on in their ear. But the man was created for his God and to serve his God and his God only. 
Not to be out here serving other things, not serving pornography, not serving sex, not serving drugs, not serving alcohol, not serving violence. That's not what the man was created for. The man was created to love his wife and his kids like Christ loves the church. He's an example of what God is and God ain't nothing but love. So if you're moving in your life opposite of love as a man, there's a problem. And that woman should come alongside of her man. Pray for her man. How can I help you? But the the enemy still whispers in her ear. You are equal to him. Stop letting that man stop it. Well, the father said that the husband is the head of the wife. Yeah, but that's not what he means. What about your feelings and your desires? And there's a way that will always seem right. And some men will give in to that. And next thing you know, it's the opposite in the family. Because everybody's responded to mama's cry. And not responded to the word of God that should be preached like Joshua said, as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. And what is it to serve the Lord? As a man, I must submit myself and humble myself to God, to his rules and his regulations or his precepts and his statutes and his commandment. I have to humble myself. So there's a war going on in me where I, too, want to go and do what I want to do. But as a man, I must submit myself and humble myself and allow the heavenly father to do what he wants to do, because ultimately, like he told Joshua, if you do what I tell you to do, then you will um, you will prosper and have great success. And what man doesn't want to prosper? What woman doesn't want to prosper and have great success as being a woman? And what man doesn't want to be a great man? A good name is better than all the riches in the world. And when we will not and we refuse when we refuse to be led by the Holy Spirit as a man or a woman, then we open the door for sin. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. I don't want to keep you in here all day. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. It starts to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And if you're a man in here, listen to it from a man's point of view. If you're a woman, listen to it from a woman's point of view. You know, it talks about here in verse 14 of Galatians chapter 5. And there's so much to this that Paul is writing. He's like Peter. He starts to talk about this war that's going on inside of each and every one of us. And our flesh wants to rule. If you ever have to go on a diet, your flesh says, don't you even think about it. You're like, oh, no, I'm thinking, no, you're not. He said, because I got something to say about you don't think that you have this thing called the flesh until you start to go in another direction. And then you realize that your flesh has been running the show for a very long time. And all of us in this room will find ourselves in here of what Paul is writing. Galatians chapter five. In verse 14, it says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. In this, love thy neighbor as thyself. How does that relate to me right now? Well, if you're 
the head of the family. And it's your responsibility. Listen to this woman. If you're the head of the family, and it's your responsibility to teach the family and lead the family, it doesn't even mention about turning the hearts back to mama. It says turning the heart back to daddy and the kid's heart to daddy. It's something about this position that father has put on this man that sometimes women covet. But if you were the man and all eyes on you, and somebody was made for you, if you were the CEO of the company and the employees were hired for you, now all of a sudden, the employees got a problem with you and the vision and where you're taking the company to. (laughs) Even though they understand that the business was created by you for you. That hurts, doesn't it? The business was created by you for you. Y'all know FUBU, for us, by us. It was created for, the woman was created for you, but not by you. That's right. It was daddy's little girl. Hey, listen, long before Eve showed up, Adam knew how to take care of God's creation. Yes, he did. It takes time for a man to get to a place to where he can begin to take care of and have some respect for somebody else's stuff. That's where a man has to get to. That's somebody else's daughter. You have a daughter now. How do you feel about how your daughter is being treated the same way the father feels about how his daughter is being treated? And that's why Jesus says the husband is the head of the wife like Christ is the head of the church. And he gave himself. He sacrificed sometimes the things that he wanted to make sure that the wife and the kids have what was needed. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And he ain't beat on nobody. He didn't argue with nobody. He focused on the assignment at hand. And hopefully he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And hopefully that woman that you choose understands scripture. Because unless two can agree, they can't walk together. Stop going out here and getting salad. And stop getting no girl that's in the club. And stop getting that one that's swinging around. I know she looked good. That's what that's what uh, uh, Samson said. She looked good. That's the one I want. They said, why won't you get one of the daughters of the king? I want that one right there. That's the way I like it. And the day that they cut his eyes out, he realized he should have listened to his mother and father. And the day when the enemy brings death in your life, you'll say, man, why didn't I just choose somebody from my father's house? And daughters, if that joker ain't serving the Lord, why is he in your face? Why is he hanging around your house? What's he got your number for? He he has no relationship. Let's move on. It says here in verse 16, you can go back to 15 about biting and devouring one another. That's what happens in relationships because somebody wants to be in control. 
They're selfish. They're selfish and self-centered. But God so loved the world. He could have been himself too. That's what John said. He could take stones right here and make children of Abraham, but he loved. Verse 16, I say then walk in the spirit or walk in the scriptures. Because if it wasn't for the scriptures that Moses wrote down, you and I would not know what sin is. And he says, but if you walk in the spirit or walk in the scriptures, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Thy word is what a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So now people read that and they speak it, but yet we're not studying the scripture to see where we need to place our foot at. What we need to say to somebody. How we need to go about this. That's one thing I love about Naomi. She told Ruth where to place her foot at and how to make her way in a foreign land. Verse Verse 17 talks about what Peter was talking about, how the flesh lusts against the spirit. It wants the position of the spirit. The spirit What's the position of the flesh? These are opposite or contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. So what are you and I going to eat? We know that little old Indian proverb, if you feed that wolf, the wolf will become stronger. But if you, you know, feed the lamb, the lamb will become strong. Which one do you want to be, the wolf or the lamb? You want to be the apex predator or you want to be, you know, the one that's hunted? Who's going to rule in our life? So when the God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he brought them to himself. And he began to feed them. What is it? And that's exactly what we said. You want me to eat what? It has no flavor. It has nothing. But the more you study the book of Moses, it begins to fill in the gaps. It, be, it's just, it just begins to fill in and it starts teaching you and I about what? All different types of sin. Yeah. It starts talking to us how we're, we're priests now. We've been brought out, set apart to be priests now. And our job is to begin to pray for people and call on the name of the Lord for somebody else. But you can't do it if you're selfish. You have to become unselfish to be usable by God. The Father wants to use each and every one of us, but he can't because the flesh is designed to get the glory when he gets all the glory. 18, if you are led or thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So if you be led by the spirit and people keep thinking that being led by the spirit is a feeling. No, his word. The spirit of truth. Thy word is truth. If you are led by the scripture, which has been given by the spirit, you'll never be under the law. You'll never be caught slipping. David, if you'd have went to war and did what you were supposed to do, that moment would have never happened in your life. There are moments that are going to happen in my life. There are moments that are going to happen in your life. We are not going to look the part. If you ever see me talking to Beyonce after church, <laughs> you need to come get me. <laughs> if Denzel's talking with one of y'all, hey, hey, Denzel, church over, baby, you got to bounce. Let's go, sis. Let's get out of here. Ain't nobody taking fire into their bosom <laughs> and not get burned. I, your shirt burnt, my shirt burnt. 
we're going to just start talking about each other? Well, Pastor, you knew better. Well, you knew better too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't come for me. <laughs> Every day it happens in the body of Christ. Every day. Every single day. Choose ye this day. Listen, the opportunity when you and I wake up is an opportunity to choose. But if you're led by the Spirit or you're reading your word and you're allowing that unleavened bread which has no sin in it, if you're eating it, meditating on it, David said, I might not sin against you. Not that I'm, I'm going to go without sinning, but I, I, man, I might not sin. That's what he said. He realizes who he is. I might not bark today. I might, you know, Nipsey sometimes, I'm like, boy, you better show. <laughs> but he, he had the little slow bark, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> if you have dogs, you're like, you even look at your dog, they be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they just let you know they're there. They're there. I'm trying to let them know I'm in here. And then 19 is what really gets to you and I. Because Jesus kicked it off over in John, and he says, any one that doesn't bear fruit. And now you and I start to look at this stuff right here. And, you know, we try not to look at nobody else. We just try to look straight ahead. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. because when things are red, you know, people's eyes start blinking. You know how it is when they, you got to get that truth. They put, they hook you up to that machine and they start asking you questions. Mm -hmm. And depending on the, how high your uh, tone goes, they know whether or not you're lying. And in church, you got to be a professional, like look straight ahead person and be nodding. Don't, don't, don't look at, don't look down. You look straight ahead and be like, that's right, preacher. That's how you get people to know that it ain't you. I'm just trying to give you the answer to the test. This is a test right here. Amen. You know, you got to look straight ahead and be like. All right, here we go. Y'all ready for this? Uh-huh. All right. All right, let's see, let's see what happens. Remember, I said just look straight ahead and just act like you're writing. All right, here we go. Now, the works of the flesh. Now, we, if you go back to the book of Moses, he'll point out all the works of the flesh to you. Now, Paul has only given us a little bit, just a little taste of what the works of the flesh are. They're manifest, so they manifest themselves. This is, how, this is how they appear in our lives. Adultery. If you're married and things like that, and, and you know, you pass that test, you're like, go on, preach, pastor. Some people are writing. <laughs> Fornication. How many single people in here? <laughs> preach, pastor. Go on with it. <laughs> Amen. Like they, like they getting on somebody. <laughs> Can't fake us out, jokers. Fornication is a big thing that happens all across the world. Because once you've tasted and seen that donuts are good, sugar will call you. When you try to ride by, sugar starts, hey. And he's saying that this, it's, if it's manifested in my life and in your life, we need to take a long look at that. It's not supposed to be there. In my life and in your I'm single too. You act like everybody that's single in here ain't going to have a moment. What's the use of, why do we got to lie to each other? I need to go through the fumble drills too. 
What happens on defense when the defensive guy intercepts it? He ain't practiced no fumble drill, so he running with the ball all out here. So the team turns right back around, smacks the ball out of his hand. Now he's like, oh, coach is like, man, two hands on the ball. We need to practice that too. Yeah. Uncleanness. You, you guys go to school with folks. You don't want them to raise their hand because their underarms are so powerful. Mm. I go teach a teacher, no, he, he don't have the answer. It's time to put his arm back down. <laughs> Sometimes our house is just upside down. And we're like, man, I got to get, get to it. Our cars, our clothes, we just ain't thinking. We're just too caught up in living. That we're not seeing what other people see. We're not behaving right. Lasciviousness. Remember Michael Jackson used to be on the stage kicking his leg and doing all his little thrusts? Come on, Jamali. And we sit there and uh, I can't do it like Michael, but you know Michael be laying that stuff, like moonwalking and stuff like that. And you know the women on stage, they be throwing their body. They come out there dressed like they at the strip club. And they entertain like they're strippers. They're singing songs. You come to hear them sing, but they're dressed like a stripper. You can't help. You got your man with you, and he up there smiling. You know? Coachilla. You know? Beyonce got the little booty shorts on. He ain't even thinking about you. He's just looking at that stage the whole time. He forgot you were there. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Go on, girl. They shaking. <laughs> Idolatry. Idolatry could be something that has nothing to do with the father. But you idolize it every day. That's your way out. Yes. That's my way out. And it could be anything. Mm-hmm. You think that's what's going to make you rich. That's mm-hmm. going to make it better. Yeah. When the mandrakes came, when Reuben found mandrakes in the field, they used to take those mandrakes and it was shaped like a, kind of like a woman. And they believed in their heart that if they would boil that mandrake and eat that mandrake and drink that mandrake, that they would become fertile. It became an idol to them. So when Rachel said, give me your mandrake, she's like, oh, that means that Jacob's going to have to come to my tent tonight. <laughs> she's bribing her. Come on. Come on now. Ah, uh, yeah. She's like, okay, okay. Because she can go home and fix this concoction. And hopefully that was going to make her pregnant and have a baby because the father wasn't producing. So she turned to idolatry. And sometimes we do that. We're not getting an answer from the Lord. So we're back at the horoscope again, back to the psychic. Back to these other things that we have no business doing. When Saul couldn't get an answer, he went to the witch. Witchcraft. Hatred. Just hating people. Variance. Emulations. Wrath. Strife. Seditions. Heresies. Envyings. Murders. Drunkenness. Revelings. And such like of the which I tell you before, and as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus, when he came preaching, he said the kingdom of God is at hand. And he proved it with signs and miracles. It talks to those of us that are believers when the kingdom of God is at hand in our life. It says these signs shall follow you. So we have to look and say what is going on within our soul where the Holy Spirit can't fill us and then we begin to see a great movement happening because all of us desire to be like that when the kingdom of God is at hand and the power to heal is present. There's a lot that goes on when you and I give in. When I, let me just use my, when I give in and, I, and I'm not abstaining and I'm not pressing and I'm not staying focused and I'm not being committed. It's a lot at stake. Do you hear me? Yes. 
There's a war going on. And there's a war going on in each and every one of our lives. And he created us and he filled us to be a witness. Yes, he did. But the fruit of the spirit. Now, listen, it's a short list here. It's a long list. You can go all through it. They'll give you a long list. Deuteronomy 28. The good list is shorter than the long list, than the bad list. The bad list is just a bunch of long stuff. This is a short list here. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Because God ain't nothing but love. So how can you and I claim to be children of the Most High God who's nothing but love, but people never experience any love from us? Joy. The joy of Yahweh is our strength. But we seem to be so weak and given to temptation so easily. Peace. Peace. There's peace. You know how you just say, man, get that drama out of here so I can have peace in my life. Peace. Young people, you don't know what peace is. But you're going to get to a place where you just say, man, I just want to relax. I can't even relax. There's so much drama. Every time I turn around, I come home, there's drama. I go to work, drama. Drama just following me. Long suffering. This means you're able to endure when everybody else is caving in. You're not caving in to the pressure. When everybody else has left, you're still there. Gentleness as a man. That's what they call you a gentleman. That doesn't mean that you're soft. It's just that you don't have to exhibit any strength to prove anything. You don't use your strength to prove nothing to nobody. Now, we playing games. Who's stronger? Ah, you know what I'm saying? We're having fun. But in life, you don't have to prove anything when you're the head of the family. You don't have to start going off and throwing chairs and punching walls. That proves nothing. But when you're able to sit down and have an intelligent conversation with anybody, Sister Sheila said, I like to bring it on down. So I, I, I make them laugh. She could throw hands. People could throw hands. Our choice is we can either throw hands or we can sit down and take a whole, a soft answer, turn away what? Much wrath. I could either meet you up here or I could bring you down here with me. You know that? And being a man, we love the person that's angry and we also love the person who's not angry. It's our job as men to bring it on down. Like we're on the same team. So when our teammates are fighting, hey, 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 guys. That's the other team. We're all on the same team. We're fighting each other. How are we going to win? We're supposed to be on one accord. So yeah, we're going to have disagreements. But a man knows how to sit down and agree with his brother or sister. So they can walk together. Goodness. That's a good man. That's a good woman right there. Because they do what they say they're going to do. That's it. And when you guys get married and things like that, and you say, for the rest of my life, you mean the rest. Jesus said, Moses gave you divorce, but I didn't give you divorce. So when you hear his voice, he said, divorce is not an option for you. Now, I know there's going to be instances sometimes if you make a decision and you want to go out here and marry, you know, the boy on the corner who has no relationship. And after four or five black eyes and a broke jaw, 
Maybe the father said, maybe you might want to take that out that Moses gave. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just saying that he did give you it out. <laughs> All right? I'm just saying, sometimes you might say, Father, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just going to take this get out of jail free card and use it right now. <laughs> okay? Because you locked up because of the decision that you made. Yeah. But if that person ain't doing nothing to you and you made that choice, you better hang in there. How do you know whether or not through your faith and how you're living will that individual change? But once you made your mouth to say yes, man, handle your business. Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Meekness. That doesn't mean weakness. It's just that you know how to restrain yourself. You know, when even in a very hostile situation, somebody runs into your car, they get out like they want to fight. Sir, are you, are you okay? You know, I'm sorry, everything. You didn't do nothing wrong, sorry, everything happened. You know, do you need medical care? You start to talk them on down. You know, you just be, not that you're weak, not that you, sometimes it's an easy win, especially when people are filming. You're like, I can get an easy win on Facebook. No, that's not what we're doing. We handle it the way the Lord tells us to handle it. Temperance. Against such there is no law. If we're doing what we're doing with love and loving our neighbor as ourself, hey man, everybody makes mistakes. I had an accident before that I caused. It's okay. I'm okay. My family's okay. Are you okay? All righty. Everything's going to be all right. And the cops come, hey, I'm okay. The gentleman's okay. Man, we just had an accident. You, you de-escalated the whole thing down. Forgave the person. I can get another car, but we can't get another you. You're all right. And the person's like, well, who is this? Because most of the time people get out the car, they're ready to fight. And they that belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. That's, we crucified, we took our flesh and we nailed it to the wall. We made a decision that we're going to do things the way that the Father has told us to do it. And I don't care what happened yesterday. I don't care what happened this morning. All the Father is worried about if my people, who are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways. Just pray. I'll heal your land. Like that. I'm about to wait seven years for that to fall off my list. No, I'll heal your land. You sure it ain't going to take seven years? I heard about bad credit. Is this the same as bad? I'll heal your land. And that's what we want. He has given us the Holy Spirit or given us a pound so that we could turn that one pound into four pounds, the five pound into ten pounds. But we can't do it if you and I are warring against our own self. We're our own worst enemy. And we have to realize that when lust has conceived, once David saw Bathsheba, it already happened in his mind. That's what the Bible tells us. If a man just looks on a woman, it's already happened. In the mind of a man, it's already happened. So we have to be, we have to, keep our flesh crucified. We have to keep it down. Everybody else may not know what makes us tick, but the Holy Spirit will reveal to you and I what makes us tick. And then it says here, if we live in the Spirit or if His Word is a lamp unto our feet. 
then let us walk in the spirit. Let's walk based on what the word is saying. Let us not be desirous of vain glory. We want glory. We want all the smoke provoking one another. Envying. I'm jealous of you because you can say it. You jealous of somebody else because they speak real well. When they speak, everybody's like, oh my goodness. When you speak, everybody's like, you know, they just wrapping their books up and leaving. We start to envy one another. They got a better car than I do. They got a better job than I do. They got a better husband. They got a better wife. And now we got an attitude when we see that the person's like, what's wrong with you? But secret in our heart, we got issues going on because we envy one another. It's not about that. We are here to lose who we are so that he can be who he is in our life. And it's tough, y'all. Like I said, I've been doing this for a minute now. It's going to be 40 years pretty soon. And I still fall on my face. You know, I don't appear to be Pastor Mark. All right? Sorry, man. I know you don't appear to be who you are. But you know what, man? I love you. You're my sister. You're my brother. I don't, I don't quit on you. I'm there. I should be the first of them. Like, hey, baby, come on, baby. Let's get up. Let's go. Get back in the huddle. And some people don't feel like getting in the huddle. They want they like just go. They want to go to the sideline, take their helmet off, and slam their helmet down. And no, man, they don't need to do all that. You have to realize who you are. That you are a sinner. You're saved by grace. But we're going to have to eat this unleavened bread. We're going to have to seek ye first the kingdom, and what is right and what is wrong, so that the Holy Spirit will say, "Don't do that." That's not my will for you. It may seem right, but that's not my will. And he'll explain to us what his will is. And we have to learn how to wait on the Lord. He will withhold no good thing from us. You know, wait on the Lord. I know Sarah wanted to kind of speed the time up here. Just take my handmaid. I'm tired of not being a mother. But afterwards, she said, Lord, if I'd have known that you were going to give me a child, that you were that you were going to open my womb up beyond beyond being able to have a child, I'd have never chose that. Yeah. I, I lack the faith. Yeah. I lack that that faith, that commitment. I, I couldn't wait on you. So I took the out. Sometimes we take the out. God still brings the blessing. And then we're sitting there. We're like, I should have just waited. But I couldn't wait. I panicked and I I started doing things my way. And now I got to send this young lady on someplace. Now we got to end that relationship because we wanted to do it our way. You know, so there's a lot to the scriptures when you begin to read them and and study them. But bearing fruit uh, the right way, not through all this glamorous dancing and speaking in tongues and all that. But when you see somebody's heart changed. Oh, my goodness. That, you can't deny that there's a God. When we saw our, our father get saved and him change, like literally change. And you're like, man, he's actually telling you, you can't do it like that. You got to do it through love. And you're like, <laughs> this person last week was like cussing folks out. Whatever. You know, I'm like, man, but they like, they're like, hey, hey, we ain't doing it that way. And took his position as the head of the family and began to talk to us about life and death. And didn't care if we were like, well, shoot, you've been doing this for how many years? He didn't care about that. 
Let that person get in their feelings. But once you understand your position and the authority that you have as that man or that woman, you take your position. They can buck against the spirit all they want to. Take your position as daddy. Take your position as mama. Take your position and, and do right by somebody. People will see that that ain't, that ain't the same person. This person, something caught fire in them and they have changed. And that's all the father's asking for you, for you not to happen. Just say, son, do it the way I ask you to do it. You don't have to have embarrassing mistakes. But they will happen because he's going to have to purge us. Yes. You know that? That that stove is hot. All of a sudden, you keep telling your child, leave it alone. But the minute you answer the phone, you hear them crying, I told you. The stove is hot. But, they, but I tell you right now, they'll never touch another stove in their life. <laughs> And that's what's going to happen to you and I. Some embarrassing moments are going to happen. So when we fall, be the first to come over and pick each other up. Be the first to love each other. Love is the number one uh, example of the Holy Spirit. And when somebody is just at their worst and you got nothing but love for them, nothing, the same, you never lost respect for your teammate. You never lost the respect for your parent. You never lost the respect for your neighbor. It's the same. You're the same. Even though the whole world gave up on them, but you're the same. Our Heavenly Father changes not. Yes. He is the same. And if you got a different type of love where you're, you're no longer friends or you, you're done with people, then he should be done with you. Because yes. that's what he says. If you can't forgive, then I'm not going to forgive you. If you're done, then I'm done with you. But how many times do I have to forgive him? Well, you know, we talked about that. You just don't want to receive it. We have a tendency to receive what we want to receive. You know that? But we got to eat the whole scroll. Yeah. We got to eat it all. And we may not like it. We're like, oh, eat this. What is this? It don't make sense, but it makes sense after a while. All right? Anybody else got anything on their heart today? All's well? All right, come on, let's pray our way out of here.